episode I have my friend here Allie Wilkes now Allie and I have not really spoken ever in real life but I've literally been following her work for years now hey Allie hello Naja. <laughs> so we were um, talking previously before we started and Allie you run successful step couples and you have step-by-step mom on Facebook right those are your two groups, yeah your two platforms yeah. okay so before we get started, everybody that comes on the I Know I'm Crazy podcast <laughs> has to tell us why they're crazy like the rest of us. So Allie Wilkes, why are you crazy just like the rest of us? And I know I didn't give you any sort of warning. So it can be like a quirky thing. It can be like, you know, something super random that you do. Like one person told me that they didn't, they, they haven't owned a bed in 20 years. Like, you know, whatever, whatever your thing is, what's your thing? You mean other than marrying a man with children? Oh, honey. You, now, you're, <laughs> now you're nuts. <laughs> yeah. Literally insane. So, uh, yeah. There you go. That's enough right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I used to do child protection. Um, so I have, uh, uh, I've been working with families in crisis for uh, over 25 years. So I've worked, I've actually gone in homes where, you know, ch- child protection concerns are evident. Um, so. Uh, I've learned so much actually from uh, working in the child protection field. And then I was actually working with foster parents and adoptive parents and kinship parents here in, um, in Canada. And uh, it's amazing to see how many uh, overlapping experiences there are with foster and adoptive families as there are with step families, just because you know, raising children that weren't born to you is, is, is just mind-boggling in terms of the dynamics that have to be dealt with. So there's lots of similarities between, uh, you know, the experiences of step families as there are with kinship and adoptive families. Like the whole piece of having, you know, bio parents wanting yeah. to have a say. Yeah. So that's where my experience is. So. But Allie, in that's all of that, you right? No, you didn't tell why you're crazy though. Like that totally did not answer my question. And in the least bit. <laughs> why am I crazy? Yeah, Ellie, why are you crazy? Jeez. Well, I married a man that was retired and had adult children. And I was, he's 11 years older than I am. And 11, okay. uh, we're getting warm. crazy. But I feel like you have like some sort of quirk. Cause like what, okay. What's one of the reasons I'm crazy? Um, I have like 30 million and you guys have heard you, you know, y'all audience, you, you guys listen to me every other week. Y'all know, you already know my issues. Um, Allie, I'm going to come back to you on that one. Cause you don't seem like you're like super <laughs> crazy or you just haven't gotten to your core crazy yet. Uh, I don't know. Maybe my core crazy is, uh, tame. I don't know. I think you might be kind of tame. Maybe. Or, you, or you're probably one of the wildest ones. Like you're going to be, I, maybe I just normalize my crazy. Cause everybody has a little bit of crazy. Oh, she's like, yeah, I have people hiding under my bed, but I mean, that's normal. Yeah. Right. I see. I see Allie. Hey, I'm not going to dig. Cause I don't want, I don't want to be an accessory to anything. So let's move on. We're going to move on. So Allie, why did you start yeah. this work? I know the work that you do, but 
aside um, from your work with families with here in America, we call it child protective services. So aside from your work mm-hmm. with that, you have become one of the leading voices in the step family niche. One of the, the, one of the people that I look to for information, you're an excellent writer. What made you decide to say, you know what, I'm going to take these experiences and write them down and help people with them. Um, it was really uh, because my own step family were in crisis. And it, it goes back to that whole piece about, well, you know, you think you're the only one with these issues and you think that, you know, uh, everybody else is, is happily married and have, aren't dealing with, you know, divorce as part of their reconstituted or uh, re uh, or blended family, I guess I should say. Right. And uh, so I just assumed, you know, like there was something wrong with me when uh, we started having problems because I'm a social worker by trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you figure, well, I know exactly what I'm getting myself into mm-hmm. uh, because I'm a social worker and I've yeah. worked with, yeah, I've worked with families in crisis for a really long time. And a lot of them were families where there was blending, there were step family issues, right? So I thought I had this no problem and um, actually kind of talked to my husband, my boyfriend at the time, obviously, and said, you know, we're probably going to run into this problem. We're going to probably run into this problem and whatever, because this is the stuff I'd seen. Well, lo and behold, that stuff did happen. And I was like, okay, well, I thought we were prepared for this. I thought we talked about this. I thought that we knew what we were doing. Um, but no, we did not. So it's, it's kind of like... You, you know a train wreck is coming. You think you're preparing for it. You can hear and, the train, or you can hear the horn, you can hear the oh, siren, you can feel the tracks oh, rumbling. Yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. But you're never prepared. <laughs> no, you're not. And so that whole myth about, you know, what you're getting into, I'm just going to be really honest and say that's bullshit because nobody knows. No. Even when you think you know what you're getting yourself into and you think you're prepared, like me being a social worker. Right. You think you're prepared, but then it's like, oh my God, everything that I thought might happen actually did. So how did the hell did that happen? Like, how did this yeah. honestly truly happen when I thought I knew what I was preparing myself for? You know, I always find it kind of comical. I mean, I don't even get offended anymore when I hear a person tell anybody any human being, not even just a stepmom, biological mother, divorcing, remarried parent, whatever. Well, you knew what you were getting into. I feel like those people should be, and I, you know what, today I, I'm advocating for violence. Y'all know, normally I'm nonviolent, but those people should be socked in the mouth because you knew what you were getting into is such a presumptive, assholeish, yeah. condescending statement. Yeah. And it yes. shows that you have no experience in what this person is actually into. When you tell somebody uh, that you know what you were getting into, that means your ass has no clue how how the, the type of boiling water that they're in. You don't know. Yeah, totally true. Totally true. So that was the thing that kind of humbled me a lot is mm. that, oh, you know, I've got this social work degree. And then I, on top of that, I have a master's degree in family studies. So I should have known better, right? Hell no. Because um, I don't remember anything I learned in college. Sorry, my clients. <laughs> I remember I don't remember any of this shit. <laughs> Truth comes up. <laughs> but seriously, we hit a family crisis um, in our step family, and it almost separated my husband and I. Are you able and to share the family crisis, or do you like to stay away from that? Um, it actually all was around my stepmom blog, actually. Oh, so somebody's yeah. got a problem with that, honey. Yeah, yeah. So um, it surrounded my step 
mom blog um, and um, basically uh, without going into too much detail it caused a, a huge rift with my stepkids and myself and um, lots of things were done and um, lots of things were said and I was shocked and um, just shocked. I don't know. I mean, I can't describe it any other way than how this all unraveled. And so my stepchildren didn't want to speak to me anymore. And uh, my sister-in-law actually sided with my stepkids and she's definitively the one that, you know, I'm siding with them and you should know better. And oh, anyway, okay. so it was super messy, super stressful, super bad time for my husband and I. I always like to ask the other, because I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys know Allie. You've definitely read her work. You've probably shared one of her articles on on Facebook or something. Like you guys know her for sure, even if you haven't heard her voice before. Um, I always like to ask the other bloggers, especially in the family niche, those of us that share, some of us share very, very intimate details of our life, and some of us keep it extremely mm -hmm. professional. And me, I, I kind of do both. You know, I kind of... Mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of touch in that gray area and I always wonder like what is everybody else's like what does a family say um I know some women that have been subpoenaed I know some that have had to take their entire blogs down because it was agreed upon in court and you know which sucks because that means your voice is kind of being silenced and this is your experience right it's like telling mm -hmm. somebody they can't write about their life experience you're right yeah. How'd you guys know about resolving that? Because your blog is still up. So what was it? Uh, yeah. So really what ended up happening is there was a really big rift for a long time in uh, amongst two of my children in particular, two of my stepkids in particular. And like I, I, part of me is reluctant to go into details about that just because yeah. our relationship has been now repaired and I'm trying to be respectful. Understood. Um, Understood. But it did, it did, it was a very tense, very difficult time. And I really basically had to step out because it was too painful for me. And um, I never, ever wanted to take the position that my husband had to choose me or the kids. Right. Uh, because I didn't think that was fair. Uh, and so I said, you can continue to have a relationship with your children, but I cannot and I will not. Absolutely. And so I stepped out. But the problem with that is, is that we have two of our own kids. So our bio kids were starting to see as they were getting older, they were starting to see the impacts of that. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the reason why I was very, um, I, I was just very struggling with that whole piece about, well, our kids are now starting to notice that there's tension. They're starting to notice that I'm not available when there's family events. They're starting to, uh, you know, and, and they, as much as we try to keep it um, away from our bio kids, as much as we try to keep it under wraps, I mean, they heard us disagreeing. Of course they did. They knew what was yeah. going on. Yeah. 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 I mean, we were trying to keep it hidden, but they, they caught, you know, whiffs of conversations and arguments and, they can and, and they can, they know, you know, I was, yeah, we'll one, I know for, yeah. I was one of the nosiest children alive. Like I knew everything. Cause I used to like, my parents had a separating door between the kitchen, which is where they would talk every morning and have their coffee in the hallway. Mm -hmm. I would literally just go and perch my little ear and just listen. So which is probably why I'm so good at what I do now because I know how to ask questions. But, you know, I understand what you're saying. And, we, you know, I like where is that fine line? Um, 
rules, I guess for myself, because of course I'm pretty sure blogs, like I, you all know my story, you know about the, how I came to define a high conflict biological mother, you know, how I came to redefine what that is over the years. And I think that when a person reads about your experience, something that they did to you or how you interpreted that, you're mirroring their behavior. You're, they feel like you're exposing it, but you're really not. You're telling your truth. And I've always uh-huh. stood behind mine, whether I've been subpoenaed or damn not. And if I get subpoenaed, y'all know I'm going to talk to y'all about it because I'll probably podcast right there from court. Like, hey, God, hey, y'all, guess what they're trying to do to me? But, <laughs> you know, but I feel like it's a manipulative thing when we say, you know, the kids will be like, oh, well, choose between her or me, dad. Well, uh-huh. they have to go off and have their own lives and husbands and wives one day. <laughs> And they want dad to just be alone because they didn't get to their way or their Uh tantrum was not coddled. Yeah. Right. Like that's, Uh that's not fair. No, I agree with you. Everything you pretty much say, I agree with. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. I understand. Like if you're in a position like me, I always said, I don't want to write anything, say anything, film anything that, my step could could ever my stepchildren can be like wow miss nasha you said this about us you said this about our mm-hmm. mom you said this mm-hmm. about our dad you know so i always mm-hmm. said i'm going to be respectful so that no one's feelings are hurt however mm-hmm. i will mm-hmm. tell my truth i will absolutely yeah. tell my truth because it's shaped who i am it's shaped how i give advice and how i i see the world and how i'm able to help people had i not gone through the bullshit that i did I wouldn't be able to stand and tell stepmoms to be unbothered by all the bull crap. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be. So let's move on. So then child protective services. Well, wait, what do you call it in Canada? Uh, same thing. Child okay. protective services. Yeah. So earlier you said you kind of noticed a, a similarity between those types of families and then blended families. How mm-hmm. though, how, how, what's the similarity? Cause I guess I'm having a hard time seeing that. Okay, so torn loyalties, the one, the, the piece that you and I were just talking about for that other uh, And repeat project. that, just talk about that real quick so that they can kind of know because they didn't hear that. Portion. Okay, so torn loyalties is basically when a, um, when a child is stuck in a position where they, um, you know, are feeling that they have to stay loyal to their bio parent. For example, usually it's bio mom. It's not always going to be bio mom, but usually it, it, she's kind of the key player. And then that is where they feel like they have to remain loyal to the birth mom. So then they can't show um, any kind of affection. They can't like the stepmom um, or even love her, like let alone let alone liking, right? Um, so a kid, you know, feels like they don't have that permission to feel free, to feel that they can be um, loved and be loving towards a stepmom. Mm-hmm. And, and that can cause a huge amount of anxiety for kids because they feel like um, their true feelings don't get to be experienced in those, <clears throat> excuse me, authentic situations. And so those kids can feel like um, they have to um, disobey the mom or they have to be disrespectful to the mom, the stepmom, I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they don't have to listen to her direction, uh, that they have to be cruel. 
that whole co- that whole piece comes in about you know she's not your real mom so you don't have to do x y or z right. so that's actually a really common experience with foster parents and adoptive parents is that kids they have to help support their children through these tournaments are you a woman dating, engaged, or married to a man with kids? I'm Naja Hall. I'm a stepmom and a certified master step family coach. After many years of running one of the most engaged and diverse blended family communities, I realized that women like us have issues and we experience feelings of isolation, confusion, and fear that are just different from any other role in our family. I've created a space just for stepmoms. This space is different because it provides a sense of community and it's not attached to your social media profiles. I've gathered licensed therapists and specifically trained experts to teach real tactics on how to deal with a high conflict ex, how to connect with your stepchildren, stepmom anxiety, and every other topic you can think of. If I'm speaking your language, then join VIPstepmom.com. A monthly membership costs less than a glass of wine. Sign up for a membership today. So wait a minute, though, because I understand why. Now, a torn loyalty, is that synonymous to a loyalty bind? Yes. Okay. So yes. with the torn loyalties, I understand that the loyalty is to a, let's just say we're talking about stepmom, biological yes. mother here. Bio mother, like, is where the child's loyalty is going to be. But I guess I'm not understanding who is the stepchild or adopted child loyal to? Because their parent is technically not in their life, Right. It's still, it still can be to the biological parents. So a lot of the times, even with foster parents, we have children who still have visitation and access to their, to the biological parents. So they can still have that contact. And a lot of the times, you know what, we have situations where kids may not have seen their parents for years, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like a loyalty, uh, that loyalty bind or those torn loyalties still to their biological family. So here's, here's a perfect way that we describe this to foster families Mm -hmm. is that despite the fact that these children are being raised by you. So even this is a step, a full-time stepmom can have their stepchild with them and raising them as their own. They can still have that loyalty to um, birth mom's family or birth mom. And we say the way that we describe it is, is like that child has a, a mom size hole in their hearts. Mm. So yeah. So even though they may not have that, you know, visitation or they may not even be living with their, um, their um, bio mom, they yeah. still have that piece where, where did I come from? Who do I belong to? Um, you know, where, where are my roots? And they might still have that loyalty. And sometimes what feeds into that loyalty piece is that whole um, fantasy of, you know, the adoptive child. Well, I never met my adoptive parents, but I'm pretty sure they were fabulous people and they must have just made a mistake. And, you know, kind of that fantasizing thing. And that can happen um, for kids who have been separated from their parents in the foster care system. They, they can fantasize about, you know, their parent being, you know, this good parent, despite everything that everybody's told them. And, and so that can kind of sometimes feed into that turmoil. It's not always, but that's, that's a, that, that can be a piece of, of the puzzle as well. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Torn loyalties are that loyalty bind. Thank you for saying that that's, that's pretty much the same thing. It was really, really common. And a lot of the times, even in child protection, 
what we're dealing with is parents who have uh, or have legally a say in what happens to that kid in your home. And so sometimes um, for foster parents, they need permission to do things with their child because um, that child um, is still legally connected to their bio parents. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, so, so if they have an unhealthy biological parent, that means mm-hmm. we all know what happens when a biological parent is not, is not a healthy minded parent. They're imbalanced. Yeah. That means mm-hmm. a child, they're going to damage a child. Basically I call it people that eat their own young, whatever their agenda, they don't give a damn about this child's best interest. They're going to put their own needs first. So how do you break? Let's talk about both scenarios. How mm-hmm. is a loyalty bind broken? You know, an even better question. Now let's just say you're, you're in a situation where there's a biological mother. And I'm sorry, guys, mm-hmm. if it sounds like I'm attacking the, the bio moms today. You know, I'm so sorry that I'm so sorry about that in advance. Um, if you are a biological mother, then, uh, you know, I don't know, girl. I don't know what to tell you right now. But um, so let's just say a biological parent has this child in a loyalty bind and they're sending the child over to the, their other home, the child's other mm-hmm. home, meaning with their other biological parent and a step parent. Pretty nine times out of ten, this parent ain't gonna say hey i give you permission to love your step parent okay they're never gonna say no shit like that so how how would a step parent go about loosening this for the child or should they just give up on having a relationship altogether no it's really important that the child um is is it has their feelings acknowledged that's really fundamental for kids is Mm -hmm. you know um, here's the, the tricky part about that, right? Uh, you can suspect as the stepmom, you can suspect that the child has a loyalty bind, right? Mm-hmm. Given what you see in terms of their behaviors, like they're rude to you, or all of a sudden they, they used to, they, they used to be warmed up to you and be affectionate with you. And then all of a sudden now they're not. Oh my so God. I hear so many stepmoms saying that. Oh my God. We were so cool when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And I hate, mm-hmm. you know, like, I almost know the cycle. Me and you, we should write something on the life cycle yeah. of how your stepchild is going to act through you so you're not bum rushed, you're not bombarded when, when yeah. it happens. Not if it happens, but when it happens. Yeah, because, you know, when it basically that changes, you know, when, when kids are little and they love you and whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they get older. It's, it's, some of that's developmental because it's, a chi- it's the child of, uh, identifying with their gender role. So, you know, more of them at a certain age identify with their, their mom or the female gender role. And and, and sometimes, right. For boys, it's going to be different. Yes. Um, Yeah. So really it's about acknowledging that child's feelings. Um, You, you may need to bring it up if they don't, that you, you've noticed that they feel a little bit, you know, stuck in, and, or are feeling guilty about liking you or wanting to spend time with you. So just acknowledging that. And, and you can, even though you may not get that permission from bio mom, or like I said, it's, it's, it's not always bio mom. It could be other family members. Right. Um, right. That may, yeah, it could be from grandparents or aunts or uncles, um, you know, um, and, and you can give child permission to like you. It's okay for you to like me. Um, but also give the child the space and grace to open to, up to you and open but up then, to those feelings of affection. But then a step parent really doesn't time. have the authority, though. You know, like you can say, "Oh, yeah. man, I give you permission to like me," but they're like, "Okay, well, you're not my mom, you're not my dad." That's like, cool thing. Who are you? Right. So, what yeah. exactly would one say? 
when you see that this child is distancing themselves or they're being a little disrespectful or like, for example, I've seen this with my own eyes. I'm pretty sure you have too. like a kid will start hugging you. And then something you can literally see a shift in their mindset. Like something clicks off and they'll just run away or they'll remind themselves, Oh my God, this is not okay. I can't love. Her. Yeah. I'm not supposed to do this. Yeah. So, and so do in those instances, what can you say? You can just, yeah, I would just check with what happened there. Was there something going on for you? And and again, they may be really reluctant to share that, hey, my mom just told me, like, before I came here that I'm not allowed to hug you, that I'm not allowed to listen to you. And so again, depending on the age, you process that with them. So what, you know, have, problem solve with them around, so how do you actually feel about me? How does it feel for you to not be able to share your feelings with me or share your affection with me mm-hmm. and how do we want to make it okay for you to have those feelings again that's that's not a conversation that you would have with older kids because you can do those problem solving rationalizations with them mm-hmm. but for little kids it's it's just be just continue being who you are right just be open with them as much as you can be um, be be available um, do fun things with them. You know what the funny thing is, or not the funny thing is, I guess it is funny, but I always talk to, to women about just go and have some fun with kids, right. you know, um, just find ways to, to laugh and have fun because in those moments, those are the real moments of authenticity where they're open, they're opened up and they're connected to joy. And um, the more moments that you can have of that, um, the, the better it is, like you're opening up that, that, that permission that you're giving them, um, that they can have fun, that they can be okay, you know, and giving them the questions about, well, what if, you know, you were able to have, uh, this, this, this ability to be free with your feelings with me. And so, you know, asking them being that curious kind of inquiry, uh, with, with kids, again, older kids, you can do that with younger kids. Just focus on having fun and being open because it, it is hard because when you start seeing your kid being open and loving and warm and affectionate with you and then all of a sudden they kind of, like you said, run switch away. It off. Yeah. Yeah. They switch it off. Um, it, that can be really hard for a stepmom to not take that personally, right? Yeah. You want to go, well, fine then. Okay. Then I'm just going to shut myself down yeah. because it hurts me. And so therefore I'm just not going to bother. But for littler kids, you have to soften yourself to that, right? You can't go on on the defensive and shut yourself down. Um, but for older kids, like I said, you can have that curious inquiry and, and help them problem solve their feelings and 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 support them in honoring what they want to do and how and and how they're feeling towards you. So I'll say this: there's a lot of parents out there that do not understand that even in the most subtle ways, they are entangling their child in this loyalty bind or what do you call it yeah torn loyalty same torn thing loyalty. yeah yeah you you have your child entangled in this thing and you're like oh well i tell them that it's okay and i say do what your step parent says mm-hmm. and i i say show them respect but then there's also very subtle things you can do now some of you some of you guys are super overt with it some are are not mm-hmm. What are the effects of doing this to a child? Like, let's just say we have a biological parent that's listening. What are the long-term effects on their child's development if they intentionally or unintentionally put them in this bind of loyalty to them? 
In terms of the long-term effects, I mean, let's think about it from the perspective of them missing out on the opportunity to have the love of and and be loved by and give love to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So it's almost that kind of, it's not a, it's not a scarcity mentality here in terms of love. Like love is kind of, it feeds into itself and it's a positive thing and it's an expanding thing. Um, So you're essentially, you're depriving that child of an opportunity of positive influence of nothing else. And Mm -hmm. so you know, that positivity of having somebody, if, if not loved by a step parent, um, then, you know, um, positively influenced by somebody and thinking about it from that lens, you know, that this child should be able to feel free to make connections with other positive adults in their life, you know, whether that's a a hockey coach or soccer coach or, you know, a, a girl guide leader or, you know, or somebody from their church to have those positive connections and positive influences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But beyond that, like just beyond the positive influence, why would we want to prevent our child from having a loving affection and experience with somebody who can give them something that, you know, or teach them something even that we can't? I mean, I know mm-hmm. you and I both know the reasons why a parent would do that. Oh, it's yeah. their ego. Yeah. They don't want to be forgotten. It's fear. It's all those things. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I agree with you for sure. It's like they have a step parent or an adult in their life that treats them good, that makes them feel safe and secure. They take care of them. However, you have trained this child that they're not allowed to like this person. I feel like a parent that does that, they're essentially usurping. They're, they're undermining. You know what? Fuck it. They're destroying this child's ability yeah. to form love bonds based on their own um decision making yeah. like you're destroying yeah. that and that is some I, I think it's emotional blackmail personally it really you know what is I mean? it yeah. really freaking is so aside from that i don't think parents how can what can we say to appeal to parents that have a child in a loyalty bond like hey you know you need to stop doing this because it's going to hurt them you're going to screw them up emotionally they're not going to be able to form um true bonds when they're older clearly these people don't care so is there anything that can be said or no honestly i think fundamentally that comes down to insecurity right just feeling like they're not enough and that they won't be enough and you just said that oh maybe they'll forget about me but that child will never forget about you yeah ever 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 it's it's really it's almost genetically impossible, to be honest. Given the, the given the, the the experiences that I've had in the child protection system and working with children who have been removed from their parents, it's oh, really, there you don't go. Exactly. Ever. These are kids that have probably been sometimes straight up abandoned and neglected by their biological parents, <laughs> and someone yes. else to come in and treat them like gold, and they still want yeah. that. I mean, I was gonna cuss, but I'm trying not to cuss as much as much, you know trying to keep it pg ish so yeah i'm just comparing uh both of them side by side the step parenting stepchild aspect and the foster slash adopted child aspect if a person had to choose which Mm -hmm. one like which one is better which one is easier for the adults what do you mean I'm not sure I'm following your question. So if I was going to say, oh my God, I got room for three extra kids. Let me get three extra step kids or let me get three uh, foster or adopted kids. <laughs> What's going to be easy? You know what? In, in all honesty, with uh, it's, it's, it, fostering is so, so hard. 
um, just because kids fundamentally, by virtue of being in our system and the child protection system and removed from their families, have trauma. And a lot of them have prenatal exposure. So with kids with step families, they may have some trauma, depending on how high conflict those exes are and the post-separation slash divorce stuff is going to be. Mm-hmm. Trauma is definitively a part of any child who is in foster care. So you're going to okay. deal with trauma. It's definitely going to be there. And that's so hard. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. It is hard. It's hard. Most, people, most regular folk are not equipped to deal with, especially those children with that high level of trauma, right? Just can't. Oh, you know, in all honesty, Naja, that's why in Alberta, in my area where I work, it was mandatory for foster parents to get a whole bunch of training in and around that piece about trauma. It's super important. But oh, anyway, yeah. In America, I don't I don't know. I knew this one lady in my old neighborhood. She had like 10 foster kids. And I know some people do it just for a stipend from the government. I mean, uh, definitely uh, heard of people. And that's just so, you know, I've heard of people yeah. do that. But I don't think that, that person well, could not have had any training. Lord Jesus, she could not have. Well, sometimes it's a school of hard knocks training too, right? Mm-hmm. So There's what happens? Yeah, there's plenty of people who do it with good hearts and, and good intentions, right? So what yes. happens, sorry, go ahead. So when you have these step to let's just get back on stepchildren for a second. So when you yep. have these stepchildren that are in this loyalty bond, you kind of see, oh mm-hmm. my God, they're the between ages zero to six or seven or eight. You know, they're all lovable. And then nine to 10 years, they get ferocious as bio and stepchildren mm-hmm. do. What mm-hmm. age can you expect them to kind of come back around and be like, wow, Miss Allie, Miss Naja, she was really good to me. Or, or, mm-hmm. or are they a lost cause? No, God, no. And that's the thing, though. Um, kids grow up and learn. Everybody things. always says that, no, just wait for them to grow up. That, people always say that. that's what they told me when I first got married. Uh, you know what? Here's the, here's the funny thing, though. In my work that I've been doing, and so one of the pieces that I also do is I'm, I'm part of an online support group of like 500 women across Canada. So all stepmoms, sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the thing. People are like, oh my God, only 12 more years and they'll be <laughs> on their own and they're not going to bother me. And then, then, you know, they're counting down the time and they think that 18 is, is a magical age or I guess down in Switzerland. <laughs> Right. 18 is a magical age where they're going to wake up and they're going to smell the roses and the coffee and they're going to realize everything that I've done for them and it's going to change. And it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily. It mm. absolutely can. It absolutely can. But uh, it's like in my own personal experiences, that's exactly what I was waiting for them, for them to grow up, grow the heck up. And, you know, but, but they didn't. It was, it's a like, Oh, wait. You're like, these people have to go to college and, uh, and then they're going to have kids and I got to go to their wedding. And then I'm going to be a step grandma. You're like, this is never ending. Dear yeah. God. It's but sh- here's, here's the piece that I always say. I mean, uh-huh. don't change who you are to get people to like you. Right. Regardless of whether they're stepchildren or they're your boss or your nosy <laughs> next door neighbor. Don't change who you are to get them to like you. Stay, stay integral and authentic to who you truly are and who you fundamentally are that's Mm. what i did my kids yeah and if they came around and saw that what everything that i had done for them was was good or or that they were thankful or whatever um my thing is just know that you're a good person that you're a you're you're doing this from a place of love and you're doing this from a place of supporting children to grow into the best versions of themselves 
um, and that you've done what you can. Um, if you've had to put boundaries and step out or step back as a result of that, then so be it. But keep keep in keep yourself in and who you are, um, and the core center of who you are as a as a as a person and who you value. Then then stay stay true and honor and loyal to that piece. Yeah. Uh, rather than giving yourself up and feeling resentful that you gave up so much for these kids and they, they're not showing any, let me tell you something about bio kids too. Shit. I didn't, pardon my French. (laughs) (laughs) Is any, honestly kids, I wasn't thankful for my parents and everything that they sacrificed. Mm. Are you freaking kidding me? It took me a long time to be thankful for everything that my parents had done for me. Yeah. It truly, yeah. truly did. Yeah. And now I'm more thankful than ever, let me tell you. Um, but, but honestly, um, this is a piece that I always talk to, to stepmoms about and foster parents about, you know what, you, you invest and you love and you put some blood, sweat and tears into it. Hopefully not too much blood, I always say, but <laughs> you, put, you, know, you invest, for sure you invest. Um, and, and you don't get the recognition, you don't get that, uh, that loyalty or whatever it is that you, you rightly deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, but take a picture, like it, we, we look at it through the, the, the microscopic view of, of what's going on in the moment and the stress and the little stuff. Or do you want to take the telescopic view and take the bigger picture look at how is this going to turn out? Because... Little kids or teenagers aren't assholes forever, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> well, I was kind of an asshole when I was a kid, and I think I'm pretty awesome now. Oh, so what age um, did you stop being an asshole? Like, around what time? Recently? Okay, so here's some or, science. Oh, I thought you said recently. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, Allie. Oh, God. Okay. Just, just yesterday. Just, you like, nausea a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, um, I think I was pretty selfish and self-centered until I was probably about 28. So here's some science for you. The brain of a human being doesn't like the, the executive functioning part, the stuff that makes us good adults and responsible and thinking about others and, and, uh, making good decisions and good choices and not blowing all your paycheck at, at a bar. Uh, on a Friday, Saturday, you know, on the weekend and then not paying, being able to pay your rent. So, you know, good adult decisions. Yeah. Your brain actually doesn't come online until you're about 28. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. You know, what's really funny is I used to like my nieces when they were in their early twenties, I thought, Oh my God, was I that stupid when I was in my twenties? Oh yes, I was. I probably was or stupid. And, And I mean, uh, going back to this stepmom thing again, don't give up everything of who you are. You know, um, be a good person. Yes. yes. You know, do things with integrity. Do it from a place of love. Um, keep your identity intact. Um, love yourself first. And if you're doing this from a place of love, then, you know, whether they turn out to be good people or not good people, not really a reflection of you and what you've done or what you haven't done or the mistakes you've made or the wins that you've had. Yes. Fundamentally not. Yes, yes. That was beautiful, Allie. That was freaking beautiful. I'm so oh, glad. Thank you. 
I'm so glad we got a chance to talk. Like this is literally our first time talking today. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we had a conversation before we started recording this podcast and then, you know, but I feel like I already know you, you know, and I know a lot of the yeah. listeners will as well. So I appreciate your time today. Where yeah. can everybody find you? Because I need everybody to go and follow Allie like now, right now. Where can they find you? I, uh, so I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. So on Facebook, I have two sites because I work a lot with stepmoms and my work with stepmoms evolved into work with step couples. Mm-hmm. Because Lord, we know that stepmoms struggle a lot. And that, that uh, second marriages can have a divorce rate up to 70%. So that became a new passion for me as a spinoff from working with stepmoms. You know what? We are stepmothers because we're in relationships with these freaking guys. So, you know, they need help far more than we do because they're the one that brought us these. And let me shut up. Go on. How do they find you? No, but honestly, like really, yeah. Um, Our men um, don't get the help, like you said. They get it through us and our love and support. So we Mm. do all the work, right? Essentially. But anyways, my work with stepmoms had kind of moved me towards the work with step couples just because I felt so passionate when I heard about the struggles that stepmom have. And I, I just felt my husband and I just felt became part of that statistics of about 70% mm. because of my stepmom struggles. Anyway, so yeah. step by step mom on Facebook, but successful step coupling uh, is, is uh, also on Facebook. So, so step by step mom, if you're on Facebook, mm-hmm. go to step by step mom or go to successful step couples yeah okay and it's uh, stepcoupling.com oh coupling okay stepcoupling.com okay cool and then if you go to stepcoupling.com you can probably find all of her links and you can just meet her wherever you like i see i highly suggest you all connect with Allie. and of course i'm gonna as i always do i write a full blog i share her bio with you guys you see a pretty picture of a pretty face and you get all of her so i show you how to connect with her Allie wilkes Applause. It's a big old round of applause for Allie. Allie, thank you so much for being our No I'm Crazy guest. I will see you guys next Tuesday. You never know who we're going to have on here. And be sure to check. No, Tuesday after next, because you guys know I ain't going to do this every week.